Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Welcome in, Tuesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Reminder, we do this show each weekday live at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. And if you miss us live here on the Big X, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts and really wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Well, obviously the big news, the lead-in today is that Noah Clowney is off the board. Yesterday at 5 o'clock, he announced for Alabama. Lots of late uh, movement for the the uh, Tide, uh, and he ends up committing to Alabama, uh, does Clowney. A lot of projections out there uh, that maybe Clowney was leaning toward Indiana, but Zach Osterman was on the money yesterday when he joined us. He said he would be really surprised if Clowney ultimately committed to IU yesterday, and that was the case. He spurns IU, also Virginia Tech, who was once thought to be right in the mix with Indiana uh, for Alabama, who really seemed to pick up some momentum late with him. So. Clowney, probably with his commitment elsewhere, that closes out the 2022 class, the first full recruiting class for Mike Woodson. And I think you've got to say it's a pretty solid class. I think number 12 in the country is where things stood as of earlier this week. I know Alabama with the commitment from Clowney, and they also had another big commitment yesterday as well. Huge day uh, for Alabama and Coach Oates yesterday. Uh, I'm sure that they will move up some, and that could adjust things. But Indiana, I think a good class for Mike Woodson. It's a three-man class as things stand now. C.J. Gunn, uh, the only in-state player, he was committed under Archie Miller and reaffirmed that commitment when Mike Woodson took over. Caleb Banks, the first 2022 player, that Coach Woodson landed from down in Georgia. And then I think the biggest get of the class and someone that's going to be a lot of fun to watch in an IU uniform, Jalen hood Shafino, committed in August. And a good recruiting class. I think a very solid first full recruiting class for Mike Woodson. Now, there's always the chance in this crazy world of recruiting that there is some late movement and there's someone else on the radar that we don't know about or that something happens late. Think about Tamar Bates and how late he made a change in where he was going to college. So that's always a possibility that through recruiting channels, the 2022 class has some additions. But it's likely that that it's set with a three-man class. Of course, with the transfer portal as well, uh, any needs that IU has, and we're going to talk about that here in just a moment, uh, could be addressed through the transfer portal where obviously uh, Coach Woodson has had success. The staff so far has had a lot of success navigating the transfer portal. So, you know, with Clowney, who was kind of a long, athletic, very versatile player, not coming to Indiana in that class, it does raise a little concern, I think, very early on 
because Trace Jackson Davis, I think we all assume, will be gone after this season at Indiana, uh, moving on to a professional future, very likely, I think. Race Thompson, the thought is there that he likely won't be back. That's not been confirmed. We don't know that for sure. He could come back for another year if he wanted to. Uh, but there is going to be some void in the front court. You've got uh, CJ, uh, excuse me, you've got Logan Duncombe, who's a freshman this year, and I don't think is expected to play any kind of key role on this team. And also the big man coming in, the the seven footer uh, coming in from South Florida to IU, Michael Durr. Uh, expected if he gets healthy, maybe to play a reserve role this season. And you could see his role increasing beyond this year. But there is some opportunity there for some addition. And you would believe that uh, as we sit here in early November with 2022 recruiting, we think wrapped up that it's very likely that uh, IU would go to the transfer portal for any front court needs for the 22-23 season. So uh, that just kind of resets things. Not really surprised with Clowney. Uh, the projections in the weekend still had a lot of the national guys leaning Indiana, but some of the late headwinds really seemed to move Alabama's way. In fact, as we signed off the show yesterday, uh, it to me, as we got closer and closer to that 5 o'clock hour, it became more and more apparent that it was probably not going to be Indiana for Clowney just based on some of the excitement from Alabama people and others. So Noah Clowney off the board. Boy, he was an intriguing prospect. If you could have added him uh, into 2022 with Hood, Shafino, Banks, and Gunn, but doesn't work out for Mike Woodson and the Hoosiers. And let's get in real quick before we get into more information, more news of the day here. Our show lineup for Tuesday, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Segment one, we've got some headlines by Zaxby's coming up here in just a few moments. More recruiting news to talk about for IU. Also, Kofi Coburn at Illinois, who's we think the best player in the Big Ten this year, he's going to be suspended to start the season. Good news yesterday for Romeo Langford that kind of broke during our program. We'll recap that. And last night, OG Ananobi had just a bonkers night for Toronto. He set a new career high. He had just an amazing output last night, and we'll tell you about that also coming up here in our opening segment. Later in the show, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier joins. We're going to talk Clowney. We'll recap that commitment that did not go Indiana's way. We'll talk about some of the front court needs beyond this season for IU, and we'll get into some things with the current Hoosiers as well. And then Mike Pegram of Pigs.com will join us later in the hour. We may talk some recruiting with him as well, but we definitely will get into IU football. Donovan McCauley, it looks like, expected to be the starter on Saturday. It's a night game, now confirmed for IU when they take on Michigan. And so we'll get the latest on IU football with Mike Pegram a little bit later in the hour today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. A reminder that uh, the Thornton's text line always open. We'd love to hear from you, your questions and comments. You can send them in 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Don't forget Thornton's. It's the perfect stop for all of your best pick-me-up items that you need to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. And we'd love to get your questions and comments on IU and local sports today at 502-414-1450. All right, let's jump into our Zaxby's headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Recruiting news, I did not even get to this yesterday. We were so focused on the Noah Clowney decision, which was coming up yesterday evening. that We did not get to Gabe Cup's the point guard from Ohio in the class of 2023. I think a, a great way to describe Gabe Cups, he's really a true point guard. 
uh, six foot two, and he's from Dayton, Ohio. He's got a final three announced: Indiana, Ohio State, and Stanford in his final three. Said he uh, he's already taken visits to all three. He's likely going to try to get back there. It sounds like for maybe a game or two this season at those final three schools. Obviously, Stanford geographically way to the West Coast compared to in-state Ohio State and then Indiana just uh, to his west a bit. Uh, so Cups, uh, Indiana seems to be in good shape with him in his final three. Uh, no telling where things ultimately will go with uh, his recruitment, but Indiana uh, closely tracking another very key target in the 2023 class and Gabe Cups has identified IU as one of his final three. Also, uh, a big uh, Big Ten note yesterday really won't affect uh, Illinois as far as Big Ten conference play goes, but Kofi Coburn uh, has been suspended by the NCAA for three games for selling some memorabilia and apparel. And kind of the ironic thing is the suspension is for the first three games of the regular season for, quote, or selling, quote, institutionally issued apparel in memorabilia, which happened in June. Now, the crazy thing is, in July, NIL took place July 1st in the state of Illinois, uh, and so he would not have been in trouble with the NCAA, would not have faced a suspension had it been just a few weeks later. Of course, his coach at Illinois, uh, Coach Underwood, saying that there was a lot of confusion during this period with NIL and what rules were coming, legal then, not legal at that time. And also, remember, Coburn was in the middle of making a decision about his college future. Was he going to go the professional route? A lot of people thought his time at Illinois was over with. And remember, he was considering uh, returning to Illinois, going to Kentucky, or maybe going to the NBA. Ultimately, he chose, obviously, to go back to Illinois. But crazy that selling uh, some memorabilia, and it's school-issued stuff, like Illinois stuff you couldn't uh, sell and, and anything that's from the institution, the school. Uh, but it's crazy what he did would have been legal just a couple weeks later if he had waited until July. And that just shows you how much uh, college sports, football, basketball, NIL has changed things. Uh, with some of the recent legislation that has passed as far as the uh, penalties and suspensions that would have been imposed for some of this stuff had uh, the rules not been changed. So uh, Coburn out for Illinois. Obviously, they've got some big games early in the year. They're expected to be a good ball club this season, but it uh, truly won't affect the Big Ten standings or anything of that nature because Coburn will serve his his missed games to start the year, uh, get him out of the way very early on. Also, some NBA news as far as former Hoosiers are concerned. Really good news yesterday for Romeo Langford. It happened during our program. Uh, the Celtics exercised a team option for the 2022-23 NBA season. So not this year, but the following season, which would be year number four in the NBA for Romeo. And it's at the tune of $5.63 million team option for Langford. So some really good news for him as far as his future in Boston is concerned. And also some really good news for him financially as well. I don't think there's any question about that. Romeo was the number 14 overall pick in the 2019 NBA draft. I read something yesterday. I somehow landed upon uh, like a fantasy basketball if you're into that and you play that uh, and you're looking for players to add or not add. Romeo's not a player they suggest to add to your roster in fantasy leagues because he's been injury prone. He's only had 53 appearances total in regular season NBA games so far. He's got a career average of 2.9 2.9 points per game, 1.6 rebounds, 0.5 assists, 0.3 steals, 
and .33 pointers, .2 blocks per game, 13.4 minutes. That's his official stat line as a pro so far. But the story I read said Lankford has been one of the NBA's least productive per minute fantasy contributors during his time. However, he's drawn positive reviews for his defense, and that may be, may be enough for him to hold down a spot as the ninth or tenth man in head coach Udoko's rotation now that he's healthy again. And a reminder, Romeo is back. I think last night he had four points in the Boston Celtics game after missing a few because of calf soreness. Also, NBA last night, OG Ananobi. He had a night for the Raptors. He scored a career-high 36 points as Toronto won their fourth straight game, beating the Knicks 113-104. Kind of interesting, 75th anniversary of the NBA's first game uh, was last night, and Ananobi just absolutely exploding. We thought, and I've said this before, he's got probably the biggest upside of any former Hoosier in the NBA, but I tell you what, uh, the way he started this year, the Raptors as well, he really is off to a good start and is, I think, going to become even a more key contributor uh, for the uh, for the Raptors this season. I don't think there's any question about that. That's a look at our headlines for this Tuesday edition of the program. High school basketball underway very soon. In fact, I saw tonight there are a couple girls' games involving local teams. I think the nearest local team, Scottsburg, they take on Jennings County in girls' basketball tonight. A lot of our local teams have got their scrimmages out of the way, so later this week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, you're going to see a lot of our locals here in Clark and Floyd County make their debuts as far as girls' basketball goes. So that is exciting to know. We've reached the high school basketball season. Boys' practices on the high school side officially begin on Monday. And then within a week or so, there'll be some boys' scrimmages a week from this weekend. And then the following week, more scrimmages. And as you get near Thanksgiving, that week of Thanksgiving, always a good one. Uh, You'll get the start of high school basketball official games and some big games out of the gate. Uh, There's no question about that. And some teams eyeing uh, good opportunities this season locally to see if we can have another state champion. I think we've got some great individual players, lots of teams in different classes that are going to compete. I think on the boys' side, you can name three or four teams you expect to be very good this year. The girls' side, to me, much more open this season. The defending champion, Silver Creek, they are ranked, I think, number 14 in the coaches' poll that came out yesterday, but not uh, the same team as they were a year ago. Going to be interesting to see what this Silver Creek girls' team is like this season. And for that matter, it's going to be interesting to see what the Silver Creek boys' team is like without Trey Kaufman and without, uh, obviously, Cooper Jacoby, who's at Toledo. It's going to be Brandon Northern leading the way for the Dragons on the boys' side this year. Uh, He has an opportunity for a big, big senior season. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. We're going to break down the Noah Clowney commitment to Alabama. That's right. He spurned the Hoosiers yesterday. We'll recap the 2022 class and a lot more coming up next. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, 
back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Welcome back. Noah Clowney to Alabama. We're going to break it down in this segment with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open at 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today on your phone for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Mike, glad to have you into the program. And I tell you what, the, over the weekend, there still were some signs that pointed Clowney potentially to IU. But as the weekend wore on and even yesterday afternoon wore on, it became more apparent that it wasn't Indiana and Virginia Tech at the top of the list. It was Alabama with a late push. And ultimately, they were able to land Clowney's services yesterday when he made his announcement. Yeah, I, everybody I was talking to last week, kept saying that this is a kid that's genuinely undecided. Uh, I think he must have put the date yesterday out there as just a way to force himself to, to make a decision. And so I think a lot of that, that noise last week was, was genuine. People didn't know. Um, he didn't know. And then, you know, I don't know, know exactly when he decided, but at some point it flipped to Alabama. And I, I guess that's because he started communicating to people that, that he had reached a decision. So I, what I suspect happened was that, you know, everybody knows he, he visited Indiana. He had a really strong visit up here. Um, he probably was leaning that way at one point, but then his final visit was down to Alabama by all accounts that, that went really well and ultimately made the difference and, and made him to, to decide to, to go down there instead. All right, Mike, let's break down what 2022 looks like. This will always be known as the first full recruiting class for Mike Woodson and his staff and I tell you what, the more I see of Jalen hood Shafino, the more excited I get about what he will look like in an IU uniform. But your thoughts overall on the addition of hood Shafino, Caleb Banks, of course, C.J. Gunn, a holdover that initially committed to Archie Miller. How would you score the 2022 class as of now? We think it's complete, but in the wild and wacky world of college basketball recruiting, if you need any examples, see Tamar Bates from last year with a very late change. We think the recruiting class is done for 2022, but crazier things have happened. So if it is done, if it is complete, how do you score it in Mike Woodson's first full class? Yeah, I mean, from a from a positional standpoint, you know, I think they did really well in, in the backcourt, and they they got a really good hybrid wing and, and Caleb Banks. I think they just, you know, they obviously they were pushing for Clowney because he was that that one additional guy that kind of completed the class with his kind of hybrid four-five role with a you know a face-up game that could that could also man the post and and do a lot of things that it, that's kind of missing from the class. But overall. Um, you know, I think it's a really good class. You mentioned Hood Shafino. He's clearly the headliner of the group, you know, right on that five-star fringe. Um, I, I think, you know, he's going to have a, a situation this year at Mount Verde where he's going to, you know, be starting most likely. He's really going to, his profile's really going to rise. And, and I think, you know, I think he's the guy that you point to and, and you say, man, if they had to get somebody in this class, he was the one. I mean, he's just such a unique talent with his size and with his skills uh, playing in a primary ball handling position, uh, you look at him and, and you think that, that that was an absolute home run. Banks and Gunn are, are more, I'd say, long-term guys, uh, but but very promising, you know, very versatile. You know, I mentioned I, I refer to Banks as a hybrid forward, and 
that's just because he can probably you know play multiple positions as can Gunn. That's the type of player that the staff seems to really prioritize, especially for what they can do on the defensive end. Yeah, they can both shoot from the perimeter. So I think there's there's a lot to like in the class. I think it's just missing that that piece that that Connick would have filled. Yeah, no question. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, my guest. You, you wrote a story yesterday after Clowney's commitment to Alabama that I thought did a good job job addressing Indiana's front court needs for next season. That's not the upcoming year, but the 2022-23 campaign. Of course, Trace Jackson Davis, we all assume, is gone after this year. It's likely as well that Race Thompson is not back, which leaves Logan Duncombe and Michael Durr. Noah Clowney could have been a great addition for that season, maybe right out of the gate to help IU. How does Indiana address some of these needs with the recruiting cycle winding down for 2022? Yeah, I mean, I think the most obvious way is the transfer portal. And, it, you know, when you asked me earlier about how do you assess this class, I, I almost think you have to look at recruiting classes year by year different and in the transfer portals, a a key part of that, I think going forward, um, you know, every year the transfer portal is going to be kind of that back end part of the equation where, you know, sitting here right now, we don't really know what Indiana has successfully recruited for the 2022, 23 season uh, because that, that option is out there, you know, more towards the spring. And, And I think it's especially important for Indiana, as I said in the article, it's not like, you know, I, I assume somebody could read it and say it's sour grapes, like, oh, we didn't really want Noah County anyway. It, it's not so much that. It's just more of a, a, a realistic assessment of Indiana's roster. They, you know, they're, like you said, and, and, and I said, it, it's, it's not based on anything specific that players or anybody have said, but, the, you know, it's reasonable to assess that. Trace Jackson Davis is not going to come back and that race Thompson may not come back for what would be his sixth year in college. Those are just reasonable things to, to sit here and speculate on. And so those are two starters that, you know, their minutes open up immediately. And so you can also reasonably say, would Noah Clowney have been ready to jump in to that role right away and play those kind of minutes? I'm not sure. He certainly could prove that, that he's capable, but, you know, based on, you know, where he's ranked, and, um, you know, things of that nature, it's not entirely clear. So the transfer portal could end up being a really attractive option for Indiana. You know, they're going to now transition to, you know, recruits looking at the program as, you know, and not really knowing a lot about it from a playing style and, and coaching staff perspective to, you know, in the spring, they'll have a full season. Players will know exactly what Mike Woodson's Indiana program is about. And, and if it goes well, you know, with those kind of minutes opening up, an attractive program with attractive name, image, and likeness opportunities, I think Indiana could do really well in the transfer portal and, and find uh, a front court player or two that, that could really jump in and fill those spots if they do indeed open up. You know, one thing is for sure, the transfer portal, uh, it's not going away. The number has increased year after year as far as players jumping in the portal. IU, I think this season we'll see probably more than any other year, uh, could potentially be a big benefactor of the transfer portal. So there's really, I know coaches are constantly managing their roster. We talk about roster management. It's a term I use almost on a daily basis on this program. There's really, though, no longer a reason to fear if you don't get a player or a don't fill a position that a team really needs because 
it's been proven there's going to be so many opportunities to score players out of the transfer portal that once again, it's just remarkable how I think it is changing college basketball and really the daily job duties of roster management for college coaches. Yeah, it is a very real term. Um, It is something that, you know, Mike Woodson kind of comes in prepared for a little bit because he's dealt with it in the NBA for so long. And and it's a very new dynamic, as you allude to. I mean, it seems like just a couple of years ago, we were talking to Archie Miller about, you know, why he didn't have a full allotment of 13 scholarship players on his roster. And the truth be told, part of, part of it anyway, was that they missed on some recruits and just weren't able to fill the spots. I mean, I think he, you know, I'll, I'll call it spin. It may have been a genuine answer, but he, he would say, you know, you don't want to have 13 because you, know, you don't really get to play 13 guys. And, and there's some merit and logic to that. But part of it was definitely that they were missing on guys and, and didn't fill out their roster but just because the portal wasn't what it is today. I mean, I think it – at the end of any season, you can reasonably expect you're going to have guys go into the portal and you're going to have a ton of options coming out. I think the the last number I saw was 1,700 guys went into the portal last That's year. That's amazing. So it's just a, it, it really, really is. Right, let's go to the Thornton's text line. Texter writes, my opinion at this point – if Woodson can add more current players, uh, if if Wood, let me get this right. If Woodson can add more to the current players' games, teach them, make them better than what the previous administration did. Recruiting will take care of itself. If this year is a repeat of last, which included poor shooting, no fun, lots of losing, stagnant offense, we will be in trouble. Point is, it's all on Woodson and this team for the future. I think that's a very fair take and a pretty obvious take as well. Yeah, and a timely take too. As I mentioned, I, I think we're we're done with the recruits taking it on faith, so to speak. I think now we're at the stage where games tip off next week. We're all going to get to see what what this whole thing is about. Um, I think playing style is huge. I mean, it's probably you know beyond anything else. The thing I hear most from recruits in terms of what they look at, you know, beyond you know on the court stuff, it, they they want to play fast. And they want to have fun, and they want to, you know, play a style that resembles the NBA, which in and of itself resembles kind of what they've grown accustomed to on the AAU circuit. It's downhill. It's you know, it's wide open. It's spread. It's three point oriented. So, I think all those things are, are what Mike Woodson is saying he wants to do, and, and now we get to see if he's able to pull it off. Um, you know, player development is another great point as well. I mean, I think. You know, we, we've seen guys develop at, at Indiana under the prior staff, but it hasn't been, you know, uh, a you know as rigorous as, as many would have hoped. Um, so I think, you know, I think we may have talked about this last week. Guys, will be looking at Trace Jackson Davis. How does he improve um, from from what he's been over the last couple of years? You know, can a, a race Thompson step out and be the the three point shooter that that many believed he was when he entered college? Um, to, does this system enable guys to to play in a way that is both appealing and you know gets them to the next level? You know, Mike, uh, kind of building on the texter's point, and I thought about this after our conversation last week. 
if Indiana, of course, we know how this recruiting goes. You put videos and clips and highlights and things together and a lot of game film, and there's all sorts of things on technology that go on in a recruiting deal. But they have Indiana, Mike Woodson, they have the perfect opportunity ahead of them when it comes to player development to use that as a recruiting tool because Trace Jackson Davis is already a good and skilled player, a guy that's going to play the game, I believe, at the professional level. Uh, Mike Woodson comes in. They can show clips of his very first press conference where he's talking about the big man needs to stay. We're going to work on his offhand. We're going to work on this, that, and this. And then they can show clips, if that happens this year, of Mike Woodson and the staff developing him uh, these additional parts of Trace's game. I can't imagine a better sell for recruits to show a former NBA guy that has lots of connections saying as he takes the job he's going to develop even more the best player on the team and get him to come back and then showing proof if it happens this season what a sell that would be, what a recruiting little uh, video or clip that would be to send out to potential prospects. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. I mean, I know that this staff is very video-oriented, I guess, if if that's a real phrase, um, in in the recruiting visits. I, I know they do a lot of, They've already done a lot of, you know, hey, look at this guy that, that played under Mike Woodson in the NBA. This is how we envision using you in their system. So they're already kind of predisposed to doing that. And I think you make an excellent point if they can show, hey, this is how player A and player B improved under Mike Woodson. That's just, that's just a whole other layer that not only can you – play like an NBA player, but we can get you to the league because we here's how we did it for, for our past players. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mike uh, Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, got to bring up Illinois and Kofi Coburn. This really doesn't affect the Big Ten landscape, and uh, obviously the suspension will be served long before the Hoosiers and the Fighting Illini hook up this year, but Coburn going to be out for three games to start the year for selling institutionally issued apparel and memorabilia. And just to show you how crazy things are, this happened in June. He was in the middle of deciding if he was going to go pro or come back to Illinois. He was flirting with Kentucky at the time as well. And if it had happened in July, there would be no suspension and no issues because of NIL. My, 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 what an example of how just in a quick time, a quick period of time that is, uh, the college landscape as far as players, their ability to make money off their name, image, and likeness has changed. Yeah, it's it's a crazy story because I, I think we're we're in such a strange time with, with name and image and likeness that you know I don't think anybody everybody knows kind of generally what the rules are but nobody knows if anybody's actually paying attention to the rules or enforcing them I think there's all levels of you know people cheated before their before these rules were in place uh, you know paying players that's been going on for decades um, and and now with with a sense that there are no rules and it's the wild west out there, who knows what's going on? And so it was strange to see that headline yesterday because you thought, well, maybe, maybe there are still enforcements, but you're right. It was a, it was a pre NIL deal. So um, it, it is just such a wild time. I, I assume over the next few years, we're going to start to hear more and more stories about what's actually going on behind the scenes um, with, with some of these recruitments, what's being promised, what's being delivered. Um, it, it's just such a wild time. I, I don't know. I don't know if you can ever walk it back either. I think we're just in a, a completely new era of college sports, and it, it's really hard to sit here and predict 
where it's going to go. I know a lot of people I talk to, kind of the, the old school crowd, is kind of really bemoans the whole concept of it. You know, I, I think it, you know, you've always had to separate the concept of a player being able to profit from his or her name, image, and likeness versus just flat out paying them. The question is, are both going on right now? Because schools or staffs just feel like, hey, that there's no rules anymore. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, yeah, great point. Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier. Mike, uh, one week from tonight, uh, we'll have Kentucky against Duke and Kansas against Michigan State, and probably most importantly to our audience today, Indiana hosting Eastern Michigan. College basketball will be here one week from tonight. How exciting is that? Yeah, it is exciting. It's This is probably just old guy talk here, but it just it feels like just – the other day, I was walking into an empty Simon Scott Assembly Hall for a Tennessee Tech game as that last year finally got tipped off. So it's really hard to imagine that we're already back around. You know, I'm looking out my window here, and the, the leaves are still on the trees. So I think that's contributing to the fact that it doesn't feel like it's time for college basketball yet. But, but here we are. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Schumann, The Daily Hoosier. You can follow him at thedailyhoosier.com for lots of additional content. You can also follow him on Twitter at Daily underscore Hoosier. And Mike is going to be with us Tuesdays throughout the season as we talk basketball some weeks, football other weeks. But Tuesday, a heavy, heavy IU dose for you with Mike of The Daily Hoosier and Mike Pegram of Pigs.com all on our Tuesday program. Mike, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Your insight truly appreciated, and we'll catch up next Tuesday. Thanks, Matt. Always appreciate it. All right, we will head to a commercial break. We'll come back with Mike Pegram of Pigs.com. We'll get into IU and Michigan football. Donovan McCauley appears to be uh, getting the nod once again, uh, at least for now, maybe until someone else is healthy, whether that's Penix or Tuttle. We'll discuss the quarterback situation, the big challenge that is ahead for IU, obviously a bowl game, very much in doubt for this team. And we got to talk uh, some basketball with Mike as well. Romeo Langford gets a fourth-year deal with the Celtics, and OG Ananobi, a career high last night for the Raptors. We'll cover all of that more in the next segment. Stay with us. The Thornton's text line open as well. Don't forget, 502-414-1450. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Tuesday program. Mike Pegram of Pigs.com with us as we talk IU basketball and football each week. And, Mike, uh, we talked basketball in the last segment. I want to continue with basketball for now. Romeo Langford and OG Ananobi, some really good news for both of those guys. Let's start with Romeo first. The Celtics yesterday exercised their right for a fourth year of Langford on their roster, which which is good news for them. Mike, can you hear me? Yeah, now I can hear you. All right, your thoughts, Romeo Langford with a big opportunity. He uh, gets a fourth year with the Celtics. It was announced yesterday, which is a lot of good money for him. 
Yeah, uh, the key for Romy obviously is staying healthy, but he showed some real positives in the preseason to kind of go along with being a defensive uh, you know, role guy off the bench last year. But he, he looks like he could be more than that now. And so the Celtics have opted to keep him, um, you know, at an important stage of the career for somebody. That's big news. Yeah, and uh, OG and Anobi last night, Mike. Cool career high 36 points for the Raptors uh I've, I've said this time and time again that I think of former Hoosiers in the league he's the guy with the highest ceiling that could have the longest career and maybe be the most successful overall and last night was a prime example of of what he's capable of doing against professional players yeah he's just got such a quick motor and um bounce off the floor and he, his shot has always been okay but you've seen through the years the NBA, guys who are okay shooters slowly work at it and become better shooters. And he's just so quick to the goal. Um, and he's always been a tremendous defensive player. So he was always going to play, but now he's rounded out his offense and game pretty well. Mike Pegram, Peaks.com. Let's get into IU football, the Hoosiers, and Michigan coming up on yeah. Saturday. Donovan McCauley, uh, your thoughts on his performance? I thought a little shaky at times, a little inconsistent here and there. But overall, for a freshman, his first time out, someone that we never expected to see uh, be a starting quarterback in any way, shape, or form this year for the Hoosiers, out there trying to get the job done. Yeah, but it happens in college football, two freshman quarterbacks playing um, – you know, a lot of times it's a it's a redshirt freshman or or somebody who got to play in the spring ball. But Donovan was a heck of a good player in the basketball court for Lawrence North, so he wasn't about to graduate early. Um, and it's just taken him a little bit of time, a little bit of real game time, and you even saw so much um, better from him in the second half than the first half at Maryland. And but he he was basically their top recruit in the last class so in the rankings, and he's six foot five, and he can throw it a ton, and he can move really well. But reading defenses, that's a whole different story, and you can only really learn it well if you play. And he finally got a little bit of time on the field in games, and plus a lot of time with the first team reps in practice. Mike, I'm curious your thoughts. A texter on the Thornton's text line says. At this point, it seems IU will miss a bowl game. It would be a travesty not to start McCauley the rest of the season, regardless of health of Penix or Tuttle. His red shirt has been burnt. Might as well give him more experience for the future. Uh, your thoughts on that take with McCauley, and do you think that we will see McCauley for most of the rest of the season, regardless of the health of those two? Yeah, well, technically it's not been burnt, but um, he will – they will definitely play him the rest of the season, in my opinion. Um, the only thing I could see is if uh, they somehow pull a win against Michigan and, and one of the other guys ahead of him gets healthy, but it just doesn't make sense. He's their future, really. Uh, so develop him now. And as far as the red shirt, it's very unlikely that he would be around five years in any circumstance um, outside of maybe getting injured a lot. So uh, might as well go ahead and play him now. Yeah, MikePegramPeaks.com. Let's talk about the challenge ahead for the Hoosiers as they play Michigan. Uh, this team coming off the season that they've had so far, including the loss on the road at Maryland, which was a winnable game, I think, in many ways for this team. Michigan is probably the last opponent they need to see this weekend, but such is life in the Big Ten. A very tough schedule for the Hoosiers. We know that. We've discussed that, and we'll see how IU stacks up against this Michigan team that's ha having a good year. 
Yeah, we won't be writing a lot of stories uh, with with false hope uh, because the first of the four games is the hardest. You know, uh, they, they'll find out right away whether they have a chance to make a bowl game or not. And uh, they have to, you know, they play better offensively. And there's an argument that it's good to, to, to face a team right after a big rivalry game. You know, so it's maybe not a bad time to play Michigan, but it could be the worst time, too, as you've seen in sports um, from a team coming off a loss. But, uh, you know, you just never know. Indiana hasn't had a game where they've created takeaways. Maybe this is the one, but that's what it's going to take to pull it up. Mike, you had a story earlier today about uh, Coach Sheridan actually calling the offense from the sideline and there was some discussion of that at Coach Allen's press conference on Monday uh, that he just needed to be down there to be able to look this young freshman in the eyes and have discussions with him. Uh, do you think that's something if McCauley's uh, the QB the rest of the way we see uh, from that point forward? And is that rare to see a team make a switch from upstairs to downstairs based on who the QB, the starting QB is? Yeah, most of the time, offensive coordinator would be upstairs, but it's not unusual. I mean, if you go back a few years, there was a lot more guys on the sidelines. But uh, I think the Indiana will stick with it because it, it worked well, you know. Um, so why, why not try it again and see if that's what works for Donovan to have Sheridan right there to talk to, especially given how uh, young he is and then he's a true freshman. Um, you know, I think that's what, what I you should be doing on Saturday, and they can reevaluate it week to week. Mike Pegram, uh, Peaks.com, is my guest. He's always with us on our Tuesday program. I know we're right in the middle of this season. I know this season hasn't went near what IU football fans hoped it would, but I do want to think ahead for just a moment. As you get a chance to see McCauley and other pro- players that will be returning on this team because of injuries, we've seen some guys get minutes that maybe we didn't expect to see as much of or at all this season. What do you think the early prospectus is for this team looking ahead, knowing what the makeup of the Big Ten is and knowing some of the star players back or in some cases not back for other teams? uh, Should Indiana fans uh, prepare for a better season next year? What's your early outlook? Well, given that they're 2-6, and I would hope there would be a better (laughs) season next year. Uh, They'll miss – uh, Mike McFadden, big time, uh, and um, some of the other defensive guys. But they've got decent depth there, and the transfer portal will bring a, a lot of help as well. I think uh, there's a lot of hope with um, the quarterbacks just being healthy, whether it's um, you know Donovan McCulley or Jack Tuttle or, or Michael Penix. There's just a, I think uh, they'll be better off there just because it's been so awful with the injuries this year. Offensive line is what's held them back. I don't know if that gets better, but again, you know, the portal could be could be key, but I think getting DJ Matthews back, if he's back to where he was before his knee injury, that would be huge because they just lack a playmaker. Um, and they need some young guys to step up a wide receiver. I, the answer is, yeah, they should be better. The schedule should be better, uh, easier, I should say. So, you know, they just need to get the, Two one year without a bowl is no big deal, but two years that's a problem for the program. Yeah, that was where I was headed next. Uh, this team, uh, with all the improvements and the changes and the upgrades and Coach Allen's successes, uh, I'm not sure that I, I knew the schedule would be tough, and I wasn't sure that I believed some of the lofty expectations that were being floated. Mm-hmm. But to not make a bowl game at all, obviously tough. And then, as you said, with where this program's been at, two years would be a real travesty. Yeah, I mean, Indiana's model is more like a Michigan State or even 
Northwestern, uh, where you just can't, you can have a bad year here and there, uh, but you want, you want, you can't have two or three in a row, you know, and, um, that's why it's so important for them to get get their act together next season. Yeah, MikePegramPeaks.com. Mike, as always, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll catch up with you again next week. All right, we'll talk to you guys then. Thanks. A couple other notes. Uh, I want to pass along. Texter writes, I am super pumped for IU men's basketball season. I predict they compete to win the Big Ten, and I also predict that IU women's basketball competes to win the Big Ten as well. I, I would put uh, much greater odds on the women uh, this year getting it done as far as the Big Ten championship go, but uh, we'll see. Very interesting to see what this IU team, a lot of unknown, a lot of reason to be hopeful, I think, about uh, this IU team under Coach Woodson, and we appreciate you writing in uh, to the program. Also, a local note I did not mention earlier, but Cannon Stoll, he's a senior at Jeffersonville High School, a very good baseball player for the Red Devils, he committed yesterday to the University of Evansville, so another Division One baseball player from our area going to play at the next level. And, of course, Cannon and the Red Devils will be off and running here after the basketball season uh, and should be a very quality ball club, baseball club once again here in our area. But always like to recognize college commitments from the area, especially Division One players, and Cannon Stoll announcing yesterday his commitment to the University of Evansville for school and, of course, for baseball as well. That's going to wrap things up for this Tuesday edition of the program. Don't forget, you can always find us as a podcast. If you miss the live show, if you miss the full thing or just a segment or you want to go back and hear something again, all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Apple and so many other podcast platforms. You'll find us just about anywhere you look, and you can listen on demand. We put the podcast up after the live show each day, and no matter how you're with us, we're glad you're tuning in. We'll be back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. for a complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Uh, we got Chris Grenham of Forbes Sports on tomorrow to talk about the Celtics and Romeo Langford. Uh, how's Romeo's health? What's the deal with this fourth year opportunity for him with Boston? Also, Wednesdays, we'll have Dustin Dopierak uh, of the Bloomington Herald Times and Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, to talk local sports. So we've got a loaded Wednesday program. Hope you'll join us then. Be back with you tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>